This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Ryan Laplante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra as Eli Sharp, and Della Borovic as Morgan Rawls. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band have begun cooperating at the outset of the next quest. Atticus traded combat training philosophies with Eli, Morgan was given a mission to eliminate Interrogator Cora, and Valentine learned that Inquisitor Kanehurst may be far more corrupt than he originally seemed. Everything seems to be going right. So what will be the first thing that goes wrong? Find out next in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. Captain's Log, Grimly Moody. Empty. No entries since the death of Billingberg. Save one. Single word. Atticus underlined twice. Things are going remarkably smoothly on the Marnie's song. And I know in the grim darkness of the future where there's only war, usually there's a lot of problems. Uh, and particularly in space, there's a lot of space problems. But you're in the rare situation where you're in an incredibly well-equipped vehicle, traveling in system, um, searching for a beacon that you have kind of rough coordinates for, uh, and a relatively safe part of space. Now, granted, there is still, um, you know, the heretic sun, just like a giant, horrific black void just hanging out there that is somewhat upsetting. Uh, but it's long since been contained. So it's really one of those things that's like alarming to look at, but also is under control. So there's not really nothing you can do about it. It's not like you're staring directly into, you know, the eye of terror or anything. Um, so you have a little bit of a, a little bit of a break as you, you fly um, off air. We were joking about um, how well Dan Abnett does this in like the Eisenhorn books where it's like, yeah, there's just long spells of time where it's just like, and then they did stuff. Anyway, here's the next major, major plot beat. And obviously we're on our way to that next major plot beat right now, but um, there is a little bit of time on the ship as, as we travel 
to try and accomplish some of the things that you have either been ordered to do by Valentine or that the retinue has decided uh, that they, they want to do uh, collectively. Um, to begin with, we get a couple of the things that um, had been immediately ordered upon takeoff. Uh, so upon leaving last gleaming, uh, the first of which is uh, Drasaeus Savanikov uh, arriving um, to, I guess, honestly, the bar at this point, Morgan, because I assume that's kind of become your your main spot. Like that's I, I, you have quarters, but I assume that the you kind of created like a ten forward kind of situation where it's just like you want to talk to Guinan, come to the bar, I'll be hmm. there. Uh, would that be fair to say? Yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. for for now anyway. That's mm-hmm. a great place that she's set up and is e- easily finding people. So yeah, right. spotter spot. And uh, can I ask Morgan what is uh, what do your quarters look like? Are they very Spartan? Are they well appointed? Like what's what are your living situation? What is your did, living situation aboard the ship? Did we all get separate rooms? Everybody gets a room. All right. <gasps> wow. Mm-hmm. Well, Spared no expense. I don't think she would have that many things. She has the one of the main things that would have a place of honor is she has a big sniper rifle that would need its own space either on the wall or on a shelf or something like that. The other thing that would be up in her room pasted on the wall is the love poem from Aurelian Gorewalker that she had Aww. still in her vest that she stuck up on the wall. <laughs> That is very, very sweet. Uh, he doesn't know about it, but if he did, he would lose his mind. Um, I think it's safe to say, Dell, that because of Billy Berg's wealth and how well-appointed the ship is, uh, just kind of imagine that as long as it's not a highly specific thing, you could probably find some facsimile of it here. Uh, you know, he's got just, you know, I'm imagining it kind of like, uh, you know, a, a fancy... You know, British Royal Navy ship where it's like, oh, there are some comfy armchairs here too, because why not? Like mm-hmm. digging around, particularly given that like Valentine's got his very orderly quarters, there's probably just a bunch of stuff that is unwanted and unused in one of the holds. So if there's anything you would want uh, within reason, again, like easily, you know, mounting for a rifle, very easy to find. Um, but would there be any other flourishes you would want, or is that kind of as long as you've got the basics and you've got your poem and your rifle? Yeah, I think it's it's more that she's not a very cozy room person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She spent a lot of time sleeping in vents on ships, so totally fine. I think if anything, she would pull some of those amenities and put them by the bar, like a fancy chair right, right, and right. maybe a big painting or something just to be like, here you go, this sprucing up this corner. <laughs> yeah. Okay, amazing. Um, great. So Ivanikov uh, arrives and um, says... Uh, uh, Ms. Rawls, I, I've been uh, sent by the Inquisitor to uh, speak to you about uh, the... Any kind she of like, would put, his, put her hand up and put her finger on his mouth and say, Would you like to go speak in your quarters privately? Um, and he, he like nods, and as you kind of take your finger away, he's like, I was about to look left and right in a kind of a conspiratorial way to make sure no one's listening. That is a better Don't plan. do that. You see, learning new things all the time. Um, and so uh, he um, he kind of like leads you uh, back to his quarters. On the way, he's just like complimenting the hell out of that drink. Like he has never had uh, a fancy uh, cathedral of blood uh, before. And uh, just like he he's describing it like someone who's heard like 
you know, a beautiful piece of music for the first time. It's just like, you know, I did not expect this sweetness, but then bam, right in the back of the palate, uh, out of nowhere, brilliant. Um, oh, and then he, I'm, uh, I'm so glad you liked it. I will make you one anytime you just come back to the bar. I'm so glad it made you happy. I, uh, that is very kind. I do not know that I could have it all the time. That seems, uh, as long uh, as we have supplies, that is. Yes, yes, it just, uh, you know, it seems a little bit like a treat. Uh, it seems like a special thing. I don't you want to... deserve a treat. Uh, you must be working so hard for the Inquisitor. Yes. Oh, it, it is no trouble, but uh, yes, I am working rather hard. He says as he opens the door to his quarters, and it's just like, it's like that Charlie uh, Day, like, <laughs> fucking serial killer map, where it's just mm, like, mm-hmm. the entire room is, is like, he's just, he's tacked up. Um, paper, every, like scrolls everywhere, wax seals for days. Uh, he's got purity seals like you wouldn't believe. Um, and uh, he he has to like push reams of paper out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you also get the sense that like he didn't know how long this trip was going to be. So he just bought <laughs> as much paper as he could. Um, and he gestures uh, to a chair and just kind of like reaches out um, and just shakes paper off of it. Um, and, uh, and kind of slams it back down. Uh, he looks around and almost like noticing for the first time, he's like, oh, uh, I'm, uh, sorry for the mess. I forget sometimes that, uh, well, the way my brain works and, uh, the nature of my work requires this, uh, controlled chaos. It is not for everyone. I do apologize, but I can assure you it is secure. Morgan will step over like in between little reams of paper and like the curly bits that have been printed off. And we'll make it over to the chair and just like lift herself into the chair and sit cross-legged in it so that the her feet aren't on any of the papers. Oh, that's just, very considerate of you, Morgan. Yeah. Uh, can you roll me a perception, please? Sure. Uh, difficulty of four. This room is complete nightmare fuel. Uh, and I'm going to say... I think it was three us and two for you for story correct. points. Yep. I didn't know if that was where you headed, but I just want to make yep. sure we're on um, the same page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Morgan, would you be actively trying to eyeball what he's working on? Is that part of your objective for going back here, or did you just not want anyone listening? She didn't want anyone listening. Okay. Um, she wouldn't not look, but she yeah, wouldn't yeah. be actively. She just wants to check a check mark off of her uh, yeah, to-do understood. list. Yeah. Okay, great. So then no, definitely no boost. Um, mm-hmm. I'll give you a setback for not actively looking. Um, okay. Yeah, I figure we'll just see what gets picked up here. Mm-hmm. You said perception, double checking. Okay. I'm just going to roll it as is. Two successes, three threats. Cool. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> okay. Um, so you lower yourself into the, uh, into the chair. And um, again, like purely accidentally, you know, like mm-hmm. accidentally seeing someone's screen if you're like working in a coffee shop or something. I literally had this experience on a train today where like the person next to me was also working on their laptop and I accidentally spotted like an open file and I was like, oh no, no, I'm not supposed to see anything on their computer. It's like, but mm-hmm. now I must know. And so the it's rest of the train ride is like actively trying not to look at the screen. Um, so you have that, uh, a bit of a mm-hmm. moment of that. Um, Morgan, what was... Uh, uh, a, what was the name of your home planet? And B, what was the kind of like uh, the, the sort of natural bioclimate of it pre, pre-cult pre town? Wow, what was the name of the planet? I can tell you that the climate was half, it, it was half like very nice and green and had a lot of uh, 
agriculture, but the other half of it, and the reason that it was quarantined instead of blown up, is it had awesome weapons manufacturing going on on there. So it was like a 50-50 split. Like, you could go over a nice green field and look over and boom, huge factories where guns are made and where people ship guns in and out. Gotcha. Um, and the name of it was... And I am bad at coming you, up with You can also throw to the rest of the, the, Please the rest help. of the team. I was going to say, I love that sound. If the world was just named... It's pretty good. Mm. I mean, it could be called Karu. That's fine. All right. Let's do it. Great. Um, so you you definitely, like, again, without really meaning to, um, you see that uh, there is information on Karu that has been um, printed and tacked up. Um, you see a, um, um, a quick, like, there's obviously like a couple of articles uh, about weapons manufacturer. You see mm -hmm. like, um, you know, a manifest, um, you know, likely the company logo that you're used to seeing everywhere. Because presumably if you're on a weapons manufacturing planet, it's the kind of thing where it's just like almost a, a borderlands level of like, you just see the fucking name of the guns mm -hmm. all over the place. Um, but interestingly, um, there are, uh, Traseus has printed out um, uh, just a full, like almost a, a children's picture book level of pictures of local wildlife, like all of the Xenos mm -hmm. files on the the non sentient. I mean, like sentient meaning like non conscious uh, Xenos wildlife on your planet, and he's arranged them all and has like lines drawn to them. Um, and seems to have been taking some some great interest in the wildlife uh, of of your planet. Okay, so this is not something that she ha would expect or think about. She sees some of that stuff in some of the printing, like the manifesto stuff printed out, and without being able to stop herself, picks some of it up and is looking at it and is shaking. There's your threat. Um, yeah. So he um, he turns back. Um, and immediately his demeanor shifts and uh he says ah uh yes uh i'm sure these are uh, familiar names to you what are you doing with all of this that is between the inquisitor and i i apologize if i have caused any undue uh stress or anxiety for you here but uh there are questions that must be answered, and my business is answering questions. She's going to throw a sheet of paper at him. What questions do you have that I cannot answer? This seems like a conversation to include the Inquisitor with. You'd like to go further with this particularly aggressive form of communication, Miss Rawls. And he's like reaching for the comms. Uh, do you want to try and stop him before he pushes the button? Yeah, she's going to try and stuff him then. Yep. Okay. So let's do an opposed check. Uh, and I will pro I'll just give you his stats as okay. the difficulty, I think, probably makes mm -hmm. the most sense. Um, so um, he is going for uh, this is probably a coordination, realistically. Uh, well, no, no, we'll go tech use. Let's tech okay. use. So um, that's going to be uh, three green, oh, sorry, three purple, one red okay. um, for him. Um, I'm going to give him a 
boost because he knows, sorry, uh, I'll give you a setback because he knows exactly where it is oh, amongst yeah. all the papers, whereas totally. it would take you a moment to realize that that's what <laughs> he's that trying he's to even do. doing that, yeah. Um, I am, however, going to give you a boost because you just threw a bunch of paper at him and he's not, he's not a nimble guy. Like he mm. is, he's built for, for learning, not for moving. Uh, and I'm going to spend a story point. Okay. And what am I, or you're spending a story point. I'm so spending a story point. So it'll be two, two red, purple, two, two purple. Red. Yeah. Okay. And then what Which means I it's doing? four and one in your favor. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yep. And what skill am I using to fight this? I would say this is probably a, like we're, we're looking for reflex here. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking coordination might make sense. Sure. Unless you want to attack him. No. If you're just trying to get in the way that I think it's, it's coordination. She would just be trying to grab his arm. Great. But, yeah. So we'll just do coordination. Um, and let's, I'll spend a story point back. I'll just take All it. right. It's just a split second leaning on this. All right, here we go. Let's see what happens. Two successes. Okay. Yeah. Great. Um, so yeah, you're, <laughs> you're, you're built to stop people. He is not built to, uh, mm -hmm. pass. So you managed to, to grab his wrist. Um, and, uh, he realizes he's kind of stuck now. Um, yep. he's, he sealed the room. Like when you came in, like it's not locked, but he, he can't like run past you. You've got his wrist. Uh, you know, my old Aikido teacher would tell me you own him now, basically. Uh, so, um, yeah. what, she would uh, what do you step do? Step up to him. She's a pretty tall lady. So she might yep. be looking down into his face and holding his wrist and just, I am sorry. To have gotten so angry, but is this just research for the Inquisitor? What are the plans with this? Um, and he narrows his eyes, but he knows he's kind of stuck and you got successes. So can't really stop you. Um, he says, uh, Miss Rawls, uh, I do not make it my business to intrude too much into the history of those who have decided to work for the Inquisition. Uh, generally speaking, as I understand it, it is a, for some, it is not a particularly pleasant uh, vocation. It is not something they wish to do. Uh, they do not wish to serve. They are instead forced to because of what has happened in their past. That past is no business of mine unless there are unanswered questions. In your case, Inquisitor Kanehurst, he plucked you out of a rather bad situation. Uh, by all accounts, you should have been killed. It would have been uh, correct under protocol, and yet he kept you alive. This is interesting. There is no reason for this, and yet here we are. Your planet, it was uh, under quarantine. Obviously, the weapons manufacturer off of Karu is very important. Uh, sorry, I mispronounced. Karu uh, is... Uh, <laughs> Very important. Uh, so that is fine. That makes sense. What does not make sense is why a, a, a cult uh, of any sort would uh, come to such an important imperial planet and ignore the weapons manufacturer entirely. Why would anyone seize the planet and instead uh, just set up in the agricultural, the lush part of the planet, take over a bunch of, you will forgive the term, but uh, a, a bunch of plebs who have no understanding uh, of, of the planet they are on or what they are doing there. They're just around, living their lives, doing whatever your people did. Why set up there? Why not take the weapon plants? Why do we not have a bunch of chaos cultists running around with guns? Why was it so easy 
to quarantine the planet. Hmm? And then after that, why did Kanehurst keep you on staff and then discard you? What happened there? You did not do anything to piss him off. There's nothing in the records about you defying him in any particular way, and yet he had some use for you, and then he did not. I do not understand why this is the case. And on top of this, on top of all of this, he could have ordered the chaos cultists killed, the ones who got off planet, the ones who escaped. He did not. He sought them out. And that, and he points at uh, one of the creatures on the wall, says, that, my friend, is the answer as to why. That is the answer as to why they were there. That is the only thing I can find about them that is different from the other heretical cults of Slanish. That, honestly, that is some fucked up shit, and I do not understand what it means, but that is for the Inquisitor to decide. Now, yes, at first, this was me looking into uh, your past to try and answer this question, which you yourself, as I understand, do not have an answer to. But we are still putting it together. The weapons she, do not concern me. She takes a deep breath and calms down. She actually bends down and picks up the paper she threw at him and hands them back to her, or back to him. And yes, I suppose that it is, that is a question I do not have the answer to. You are right. King Jehoz should have killed me. I waited every single day for him to do that. When he was gone, I figured that was it, but you are right. It is a mystery and it makes no sense. I wish you well in your research on this. Um, and he, he kind of nods and he says, uh, we will uh, discuss the, the brain scans in a moment, but uh, I must ask then, since we are on this topic. Um, and he, he sort of plucks the, um, uh, the, the Xenos file off off the wall and it's um uh it's a, an undersea like it, it's a, a aquatic creature um that looks uh this is a weird poll but uh if you know like um uh kit fisto from uh clone wars is like the the smiling green guy with like the long head tentacles like less humanoid but kind mm -hmm. of that like somewhere between kind of a a vaguely squid like um, creature, but almost with um, a feline body. Um, and these, I think, would have been like undersea, um, honestly, predators. Like, I think your, your, your people pretty much stayed away from them, but also they didn't oh, yeah. like come up on land and fuck around with anything. So it mm -hmm. didn't really matter. Um, but uh, long, kind of, uh, uh, sort of like almost a, a frill of tentacles and then long, two kind of long tendrils, They're like Final Fantasy cat monsters always have these fucking things, but just like long um, tendrils with almost little spade shaped um, feelers on the end. Um, and uh, he just says, uh, how much do you know about uh, these creatures? She looks at it and she kind of just shakes her head. I, I knew of them. I had never seen one. It was not, we knew to stay away from the wildlife. Uh, if by all accounts, that is the right cause. These are incredibly uh, dangerous creatures. Uh, I was just wondering, uh, and forgive me, this is a very strange question, but uh, did you know about the pleasure pheromones that these creatures have? 
She just makes a disgusty face. And he nods and he's like, yeah, that is what I did too. See, the cult of Slanesh, they came to your planet oh, to- do, uh, No, do not talk about it. All right. I came for the brain scan. We'll talk about that. All right. Fair enough. Honestly, I would not want to talk about it either. All right, Space Marine. That's right. It's me, one of the biggest, toughest orcs in the biggest, toughest war in the galaxy. If you think that you and all your other beaky boys are going to come in here and fight us all for the Imperium or whatever, then you're going to need a hell of a lot of help. And you're going to need it from patreon.com slash dumdumdice. I hear for just one of your Imperium dollars, you can join a Patreon-only Discord and talk all about your Imperium nonsense with other fans. Or you can add names to the shows. You can even add characters. We don't need any characters here in the wall. We got plenty. But if you want to add one, you can for only $25. Of course, to do that, you're going to need to rev up that chainsaw, aren't you, Marine? Oh, wait. No, don't, don't do it. No, no, don't do it. Oh, why? It's charged up by the power of Patreon.com slash dice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Curse you, Spice Marine! And then the two of you get into it about the mm-hmm. brain scan. But uh, Morgan, I'd like, despite your kind of reluctance to talk about anything to do with the cult, some of these questions have haunted you because oh, the yeah. cult's actions made no fucking sense. Um, and aside from thinking you were worshiping the emperor the whole time, um, there are a lot of question marks. And again, I think you're, you know, it's that classic case of like, you're running away from your past and you actually just want to leave it there. Mm-hmm. You're not the person who's kind of looping back around to be like, but I must turn over every rock. Nope. Um, but of course those questions still bother you. They still linger in your mind. And now that you're starting to get pieces of it um, and the pieces are starting to click in, uh, it's again, it's like, you don't want to flip those rocks, but rocks are starting to get flipped. Um, meanwhile, uh, Thaddeus Thunderhorn is walking down, uh, one of the halls, um, and he's actually feeling, um, confident for the first time in maybe his whole life. Um, and cause he has, uh, he has mixed, um, a tray of incredibly, um, sort of like, uh, potent, um, bitters. Uh, that can be added to drinks. Uh, and he's been working on this like for for a few hours because he knew he had like just enough like medicinal stuff that he could really make these. And knowing that he's got a mixologist on board now, he's just really excited to try and repay the favor, the kindness that has been done <laughs> to him. So he's carrying this tray of little vials of bitters. Um when all of a sudden a drill happens. Uh Eli, Atticus, what does a drill look like? <laughs> And what happens to poor Thaddeus and his vial of treats? Uh, uh, yeah, because Laura, Laura knows exactly how this is going to happen. <clears throat> for the record, I don't expect either of you to have really planned this out that well or for it to be very good. Yeah. 
All I need is like from the hallway that we are yeah. situated in, watching Thaddeus Thunderhorn. I don't need to know the whole drill. I just need <laughs> to know say, what happens in this hallway while also, he's there. Okay. Theoretically, Eli has the DTs while trying to run his first drill. Yeah. The what? Delirium tremens. It's where like alcoholics get shaky when they don't have booze uh. anymore if they've been career alcoholics. Oh. So like Eli's straight up in withdrawal if it's been like a day or two with no booze. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Sweaty, um, vomiting, shaking, Eli yelling, boarding action. <laughs> well, and that's 100% what it would be like, because like Eli's just like, at, at this point, like he's he's been trying to hold it together to be like a little bit more professional, like with the, with the realization that like, oh, he's going to be with these people for a, a while, like kind of the old, and especially being aboard like, a ship again it's like the old training kind of kicked into gear you know uh but at the same time yes dealing with like alcohol withdrawal um he's just become a lot more angry um so so it's just like like alarms are sounding through more like you, you have like <laughs> lights flashing so nice two days ago <laughs> and um Eli's just yelling like move it move it move it and I it's just like I, I imagine it's like Morgan comes running past like in one direction like people are running like the armory the armory <laughs> like it's it's uh yeah uh Atticus how are you supporting this boarding action yeah uh as Thaddeus uh is jostled uh and and begins to move down the hallway at speed um Atticus uh, bursts forth out of a floor grate uh, and he has painted his face. Uh, He's like crudely drawn on like extra eyes because he's bald. He's got plenty of canvas to work with. Uh, And he comes up and he goes, (laughs) he goes, whoa, I'm one of the unspeakable evils that the warp has to show you and you're dead. (laughs) Thaddeus full on like uh, Kevin's chili, just like, like le- like stumbles backward, flips sideways, shatters all these vials, um, and and like screams. It's just screaming gutturally. Uh, it sounds like a goat bleeding. It is awful. Um, Eli comes like just tearing around the corner, uh, towards Thaddeus, and uh, and be like. We went through this. We went through this. What do you do? What do you do in a boarding action? I'm dead. I've been killed by one of the unspeakable horrors of the warp. The only things worse than myself got to me. It's ironic. Your first mistake, Thaddeus, because death on this ship is unacceptable. (laughs) The Inquisitor gave us an order to keep you alive. So what do you do? I live. I live. And he just like... Just like hulks out, like he, he just stands up, grabs the tray, screams, and then like doesn't swing it because obviously, like he does it to you. But he's like, and then I would hit the creature repeatedly with my tray. No, you stupid abomination! <laughs> you go to the med bay, you lock everything down, and you stay there out of sight. Do I bring my tray? You bring whatever makes it faster for you to get there. And then he's like, not my train. Puts the tray down and he like takes off down the hallway. Meanwhile, um, Father Marcellus, like you, you just hear like singing. Um, <laughs> and he's just like walking, like chest puffed out. Um, 
like shotgun, uh, like just across his arms or like cradled like a baby, um, just walking through uh, the hall. And the second he sees Atticus out of out of the vent, just like with practice precision, um, flips the shotgun, says bang, um, like flips it back checks the ammo count um, and then just continue seeing it's literally just like a weird banshee just drifting <laughs> through the halls of the ship um, eli does like a subtle nod to him <laughs> doesn't acknowledge you he's in a combat situation yes there's, no, there's none of this uh none of this um uh and similarly um like cora is <laughs> you like you pass a door frame and it's like the, the like the light bulbs have been knocked out uh, and there's just like broken glass in front of the door. Um, and you can see her jacket on a chair. Like, she's clearly set up a little like kill space and she just kind of gives you a little like salute to indicate like, yes, we're in the middle of a drill, but, um, and then kind of mutters like, oh, I'm sorry about the lights. We'll replace them. Hmm. Um, so you crunch those on your way by, <laughs> um, there's that like one engineer um, who's still on the ship who is literally just cowering in a corner um, saying like a litany of, of prayers like, please no chainsword, 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 please no chainsword. Please no chainsword. Um, and uh, as soon as he sees you though, Eli, he just like immediately stands up and like st- starts to, like turning a crank. Like, he's just doing engineering things. <laughs> Uh, like a henchman in the back of the, like the, the the back of a Bond film, um, and uh, he he says, "This is just, just still working, still working, still working, working for the Emperor, working for Valentine, working on what? M- making sure that if anyone invades, they kill me first because they assume I'm doing important work. That's that should buy you time to kill them. Not your role. Huh." Have we got like Prometheum stuff on board? Like, well, I mean, like presumably fuel to, and stuff. Feel, okay, yeah, yeah. it's like your role is to immediately lock down any explosives within engineering so that the damn borders can't access it and destroy us. Um, and he just nods and he says, "Okay, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. That's me, good old Ked Retwick, reliable engineer of note. I'll I'll get right on that." Now! Yeah, he just like just does the like cartoon <laughs> thing where he like jumps up in the air and then runs off. Excellent. Um Ked cool. Retwick? Ked Retwick, notable engineer <laughs> who was never named before. <laughs> but has been aboard the ship for a while. Um okay. Eli's bad books now. Excellent. Great. Um so overall, uh Eli, uh, you know, once the drill is complete, um not not great. But also not the worst, given that none of these people seem like, you know, proper space Navy people, <laughs> space nautical people. Um, but, uh, yeah, overall, not uh, not great, not the worst. Um, I'm going to say uh, because of the boarding party, uh, everyone now gains a, a natural advantage. And this is true crew wide. Oh, that's nice. On um, any, any kind of unexpected... Um, boarding actions or basically an, a shipwide emergency, um, people gain a, a boost dice um, because they may not necessarily be able to stop whatever's happening, but at least they're over the course of your drills, you manage to scare them into 
You've streamed at them randomly enough that now they're just ready for random stuff. They're always slightly ready, just in case. Excellent. Um, that said, uh, Eli, uh, you are going to take three strain. That uh, feels right. Because you cannot find a fucking drink on this boat. Um, and that is, uh, that is a bummer. Oh, and it's probably also worth flagging narratively for Eli, because I feel like Eli is this kind of person. It would probably be tremendously frustrating, but you've never successfully got the drop on Valentine ever. Wherever you go, he's armed. There's an ambush. He's always nice. got a gun. Like, there's just, he's that boss you really want to fucking get. And yeah. you, he, yeah, he yeah, grew yeah. up with a skull of progenium as a trained commissar. It's just like, he yeah. sleeps with a gun on him. If there's a sound, he's up. Yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. white whale to get, and that's getting Valentine unprepared for a boarding action. <laughs> Atticus is always pleased with how prepared Valentine is. He, he <laughs> shows up in various kinds of just homemade slapdash dress of what kind of horrors the warp might present. Uh, and every every time he's like, "You're good, sir." <laughs> yeah, I think, and it's one of the, it's one of those funny things because Valentine's bolt pistol he custom made paint rounds so he can actually fire without having to embarrassingly yell bang. So it's like him just shooting Atticus in the head, like just triple shotting him, like forehead, cheek, cheek, covered in paint, and then Atticus is just so proud of him. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this ridiculously yeah. uncomfortable scene. Yeah, <laughs> taking off his glasses and you know wipes them off, puts them back on. <laughs> yeah, if he didn't have glasses, Valentine would only do body shots. But the glasses mean he can safely practice headshotting demons. Well, so we've seen how impressive Atticus's forehead is in that that picture. Like that, that is a forehead that can take a paintball. His shot. Forehead goes on for days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this goes all the way back. A forever head. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Valentine usually ends up because his quarters are next to the bridge. He's usually the guy that like he's hidden in the floor and shot up through the floor. He climbed into the ceiling and dropped grenades on you. Like he's inside the bridge and power swords as you come through the door. That's his his goal. I'll let you imagine like, at, at least once uh, you accidentally found Morgan attempting <laughs> the same thing. Oh, no, and then, yeah. like later that day, you accidentally <laughs> encountered Cora attempting the same thing. Where it's just like. <laughs> A bunch of different. It's it's just that classic. Like, oh yes, this would be a great place to. Fair, you you were here first. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So the sneaky people being sneaky. That's where Spence Valentine like stick. goes into the bridge and leaves the door open and yells from inside like, "You'll never take me alive!" <laughs> they storm the bridge and Morgan just shoots them through the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, but overall, uh, you're all starting to feel uh, a bit more like a team, uh, despite all the subterfuge. Um, also, uh, uh, Kotov absolutely does not participate other than just getting <laughs> shot by paintballs and just be like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. That, yeah, that's, that, that's great. You, 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 yeah, you, you got the mechanicus who can't, uh, can't move too fast. Good, good for you. Can I get back to work? Um, no, that would be bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm fine. Go oh, sit I'm over dead. There. Okay. I'm dead. Oh no. I just like, he sits down. Um, but he's also not allowed to be armed because he's a prisoner. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It's it's yeah. literally yeah. Just, just an unarmed slow man they murder every just drill. Yeah. <laughs> just like Atticus makes it's not sure out of malice. It's, we're doing a drill. I'm focused on other things and I can't leave you unattended. <laughs> <laughs> so hold this red handkerchief. That means you're dead and go sit with the other red handkerchiefs. <laughs> yeah, <all right. laughs> just like him and Grimly Moody just sitting together being like, well. There it is. Um, yeah, Grizzly has never survived a drill if he's not on the bridge. <laughs> oh. 
Even then, I don't think he survives any of these because, like, invariably everyone assaults the bridge. And he's always <laughs> plugged into the chair. So he's a pretty easy guy to get. Um, and I expect is, like, one of the few exceptions to the rule because it's also, like, even if there is a boarding action, we still need you to pilot the ship. So Correct. die in your chair or <laughs> get literally murdered by Atticus for leaving it. Um, in any case, uh, you, you all do start to feel uh, more like a crew. Um, the day before uh, you arrive um, at the... Uh, uh, I just want to say, Tom, that uh, Valentine did order Eli to spend a week with Thaddeus. I don't Fair know enough. if yep. we want to yep. do anything. <laughs> well, here's the question. Did you do it? Yes. Uh, Eli absolutely would have done it. Okay. He wouldn't right. have disobeyed that order. Okay, that's interesting to me. Uh, yes, thank you. That's a good good one for us to touch on. Okay. Um, I mean, Eli would have gone, like, immediately, like, just to look for, like, any alcoholic substances. Yeah, I get that. Um, okay, cool. So, Laura, I'm going to give you a rank... Uh, well, okay, let, let's let's do a roll and then we'll see how much Medicaid okay. you you earn. Oh, lovely. Um I'm going to Cuz I think as you can tell by that boarding action like Eli is still like he's not cool with Thaddeus, but like No, 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 no. I will we'll deal with that. Like um, never be cool with it. Like are you So I think me? But I like, think this is going to be discipline. Okay. Um because you've been given an order, you got okay. a thing you got to do. You don't really want to do it. And he's, uh, to your eyes, uh, a mutant abomination who should be destroyed. But yeah. he's also probably the only person who can make booze on this boat. So there's that. Mm -hmm. uh, and you've been. I also like, like followers. you know, like Eli sees his value. Totally. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Of course. Like medical. It's just like you're also just in a fucking bad mood all the time right uh -huh. now. Um, so uh, we're gonna go with discipline. Um, I'm gonna say this is a difficulty of four. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you two setback um, for your general Lock. physical state during this time. Particularly that first week is going to be real bad for you. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to give you a further setback, again, just to the fact that you have a lifetime of Imperium conditioning to just hate any yeah. species that's different from you, um, even though he's technically human. Um and then uh, I'm going to give you a boost because I think you actually do want to do a good job of this. Yeah. You've, been, you've been handed an order and it's an order on a ship. So like mm -hmm. that's a fucking thing you understand. Uh, anything else you want to make an argument for Laura or anyone yeah, else? Yeah, I want to, I want to use a story point. Okay, sure. Um, and I want, I would, I'm going to use my emperor's blessing, which mm -hmm. uh, lets me add uh to boost to a skill check once okay. per uh, session. And, uh, and that's, Laura, just to clarify, are you using your special birthday story point or just a normal story <laughs> point? Uh, normal story point. Yeah, that's good. Good, good. You got to save that other one for a time when you're well and truly fucked and there are no story points to be Yeah, exactly. I have to make a note of that because I'm going to forget that. Yeah, um, it's going to be months from now and you're like, it's true. Day. Like, very special. 2027. Story point. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be like five characters. Eli's dead, or is he? <laughs> oh, he um, is. he definitely is. Uh, yeah, because I think Eli, like, Eli would be like struggling through this, but would, uh, yeah, be determined to 
but also yeah. gives you some purpose, right? I think generally yeah. speaking, what I think we're learning is like anything that gives Eli a sense of purpose that is within the realm of something that he understands or would want to do. Yeah. Works really well for him. Yeah. All right. I'm rolling. Oh, this is not, this is, this does not look good. Yep. But we're going to do it. Oh, two threats. Two threats. Okay. Um, okay. So Laura, I'm going to give you one rank in Medicaid. Yeah, that's nice. Um, the problem is, uh, what are you, you taking away, Tom? <laughs> uh, oh, I'm not taking anything away. I'm, I'm adding something. Um, you uh, managed to get a uh, a minor addiction to um, what are we going to say? I'm just looking at the list of narcotics I can pick from. Ha ha ha. Oh, okay. Um, you're going to get a, a minor addiction to uh, sniff musk. It's oh, uh, a little understood psychoactive drug inhaled through the nose as an inhalant gas. Um, and basically, I think the way we should think about this is like you often hear about like dentists getting hooked on uh, like laughing gas and that sort of thing just because it's available all the time. Yeah. Um, I don't think. Uh, you know, he doesn't have a canister that says sniff musk on it or anything. Um, but I think he's got some kind of painkiller that isn't a high grade drug. So he isn't paying attention to it. Yeah. And I suspect it's the kind of thing where you accidentally like bumped the nozzle one day. Oh, I mean, I think or, that's very generous of Eli. I, I think like it's this more like in desperation. He okay. just sure. starts opening Anything okay, that he great. Can get to. So yeah, you and I think the way we're going to play this this addiction is like, it's um, it's not portable. It's like a rig. Mm. So the only place you can get your fix is in the med bay. Okay. Um, but there is a, a fairly large supply of, of this. So there's your there's your threat. Nice. Uh, you gain a little bit of knowledge, but you also unfortunately pick up uh, a new vice um, while you're at it. Um, so it's uh. Hmm. Sniff musk is um, similar to Obscura, but it is mm -hmm. like the it's like the rich person's Obscura um, in higher circles. I think this stuff is low, is well. I mean, Billy Berg is a fancy fella, so this is probably <laughs> some pretty high grade high grade stuff. Okay. And what's what are the effects? Sorry, I missed. Uh, it is uh, so it's a, a, a psychotropic. Um, <laughs> So just get to, or psychoactive rather. So it, okay. I think likely if it's like Obscura, then it, it gives you kind of like a, um, a, almost a dreamlike state. So I think in your case, the way I would describe that is like, it's kind of awful, but it's like, it just for a while, it's not like you have a beautiful trip. It's just for a while we get Eli without the nightmares. Mm. Um, but the crash is bad. Okay. Um, so Ooh. for the people around you, it's kind of like, oh, like they're really getting a glimpse of like, you know, Eli on his favorite day whenever you're on on this yeah. stuff. So like, the honestly, the, the only comparison I can think of is like uh, Ron Swanson on a good day where like no one bothers him at his desk. <laughs> and like he had sex the night before, so he was wearing his red shirt and he got like steak and eggs. It's like every time you're yeah. high, it's like it's that day for Eli. Oh man. So unfortunately it kind of presents to everyone else like you're sort of getting your shit together. 
but instead it's just the part of your brain okay. that is aware of all the horrors of the universe is just muted enough hmm. that it's not there for a little bit but then when it comes back it like comes back but don't worry i'm sure this can't possibly fuck us later this is going to be just fine yeah all good no it's uh, yeah it's fine yep. it's fine for someone yep. who needs to be alert 24 7 it's fine totally totally it's yeah fine. yeah full faculties all good yep But also, I will say, like, happy Eli is also unsettling because for when there's someone who's just constantly grumbling all the time, when they're, like, smiling, it's very unsettling. <laughs> I was going to say, what does Morgan think if there are these times where Eli is high and not miserable and haunted? He definitely would be curious about that. I think the problem being that the talking to Terseus and that stuff has rattled her and that this is a weird thing. And I don't know if Eli would notice or not but especially that evening after she talked to Terseus and was freaked out she would sneak into Eli's room at night while he's sleeping and, and like sit in his room with him I don't know if he would notice or wake up this is just like a thing I feel like he's pretty fucked up at this point because so, that was like the day you took off yeah. like the day you launched so I feel like Eli would still be pretty pretty zonked um Laura do you want to roll to see if you would wake up or do you buy that you would sleep through this I want to roll only because of Eli's long history of having to be oh okay lost. yeah all right all right like, so you know, he spent a lot of time at very yeah. dangerous places yeah yep yeah, yep yeah. okay I would take skullduggery or um skullduggery discipline or perception do one of the three for me. Um, I think this is discipline. Okay. Um, Morgan, uh, how many ranks in stealth do you have? In stealth, I have two. Two ranks in stealth. And what's your agility? Five. Good <laughs> God. Okay. So, to be fair, here's the thing. If you want to roll it and make it my charm, she is not trying to sneak. She is trying to go be comforted by him oh oh <laughs> oh <laughs> because she knew she would have nightmares so she preemptively wants to be in his room where he okay is. well in that case i'm actually not going to use any of your stats i'm going to mm -hmm. say this is just a difficulty of one and that one just represents needing to fucking sleep it off uh to sleep off the the withdrawal symptoms so okay. Um, so one, uh, Laura, I think, uh, I can give you a boost for training yep. in this. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll roll. Hey, four successes. There we go. Um, alrighty. So yeah, you are aware that, uh, Morgan arrives. Uh, do you respond in any way or do you just kind of let that ride? Morgan standing or sitting. Morgan would walk in and be quiet in the dark, but wherever his bed is, come sit and sit against a wall, like balled up and sit next to the bed where he is. Um, without kind of turning, opening his eyes, Eli just says, the drinking chair is more comfortable. I'm more comfortable on the floor. You're, you're not sleeping, Eli. It is uh, an exhausting day we've had. Yeah, well, I can't sleep with you storming in here. I I will be very quiet. You you go back to sleep. 
That was a joke. You were extremely quiet. Oh, yes. Very, very funny. And uh, he reaches up, like, beside where his, uh, like, long coat is hanging and throws it to her. Yeah, she'll she'll take it. She has her knees up to her chest, and she will just pull it up and kind of cover her face. You are, and... you are enjoying this adventure. You you wish to die for the emperor. Yes. Oh, I mean, ultimately, isn't that what we all do? I don't know. She says and pulls it up over her face. Oh no. Well, we'll die for the Emperor, or we'll get, I don't know, sucked into the warp. But hey, we're here now. Yes, we are here. You are here. If you will see what happens, I guess, when the death comes. And Eli just kind of grumbles and turns over and closes his eyes. And Morgan just sleeps sitting on the floor there with his coat. So a few days later, when Eli has a bit more of a spring in his step, would Morgan respond to that? Would Morgan just kind of let it ride? She would make a mental note as another thing of, hmm, curious, but not on her main list of things to do. She knows that Valentine hasn't given up stuff to him. She would keep an eye on that, but yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so uh, the day before you, um, you arrive at the first waypoint and it leads you to, surprise, surprise, another waypoint. So I think we, we've gone through about uh, three or four of these over the, the span of, of uh, the time we've been traveling. Um, and, uh, the day before things happen, uh, Triseus, um, arrives to, uh, to report to you, Valentine. Um, and, uh, this is probably a day after he talked to Morgan, mm -hmm. uh, after they had their, their encounter. So he fills you in on that. Um, he skips the part where she was aggressive. He, he just describes it as like, a, a, you know, an accidental conversation, but a polite one. Um, and that she was relatively forthcoming since the initial kind of cause for this was to discuss Morgan in the first place. Although I think we've kind of moved beyond that. Uh, and then, um, he says, uh, so Inquisitor, the, uh, Morgan's reaction does not, uh, surprise me entirely her, uh, from what I can guess her from the, uh, the files we have on the planet, these creatures were uh, known as a, uh, a, Terrible predator. Uh, many of her people, I'm sure, died to these creatures. But uh, here's the interesting thing. So these creatures, uh, their biological makeup is uh, such that uh, if they uh, so choose, if they turn their attention, one of the ways they, they hunt underwater is to uh, uh, use a, some kind of a low-level uh, almost a psychar effect, a, uh, a, almost a, a, a sonic pulse uh, that can uh, trigger a, 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 a 
romantic uh, pheromone type of uh, reaction in, in their prey, which then in a uh, vaguely uh, amorous and love-struck way will approach them close enough that these creatures can feed on them. Um, it is uh, quite awful. That said, the uh, heretical followers of Slanish, uh, as you know, they seek these pleasures, they seek to uh, commune with their God in all manner of heretical ways, and it would seem that they are purpose on this planet was to uh, leverage these creatures in an attempt to uh, commune with their god, to summon Slanesh into this world, as you know, cultists are like to do. The interesting thing is they seems that the uh, Inquisitor's interest in them was the fact that they developed a way to uh, talk to these creatures, uh, a, a, a codex of a sort, uh, a way to uh, communicate with, with the Xenos uh, in their own language. Now, the Xenos uh, were not interested, as it turns out. seems like it was a generally a colossal failure on, on all parts, but uh, the Inquisitor mentions this in his early files, but not in his later files. Interestingly, by the time he went and found them, there was no mention in his files of this particular technology, which, as you know, we have great interest to the uh, Adeptus Mechanicus. So... There is that. Interesting. It appears he has many illicit interests that align themselves with these cultists of Sanesh. Uh, my first request, I mean, obviously, continue your research. Everything you're doing is gold. The Emperor's thrilled. Uh, second, if you could give a profile of this chemical compound, these pheromones, to Thaddeus Thunderhorn, I would like him to work on trying to create as much of an antitoxin of whatever quality that he can. Should we find Kanehurst? Should we find these cultists? Should we find a link? I fully expect that this would be weaponized against us. And if there is anything that we can add, along with our general contempt and hatred for all things Xenos, I would love to give our people an advantage wherever we can. I will uh, see to it, uh, see what we can do. As the good news is, without one of these creatures, uh, and from the sounds of things, a body of water, uh, it would be almost impossible to uh, to cause this effect. So uh, that is not to say there is not a way, but I, I suspect our odds are good. But I will uh, see about creating this antidote. Uh, we've also looked into the brain scans. Uh, Morgan and I are working on some excellent ways to prevent any uh, tampering. Part of it will be to uh, create a clean template, uh, possibly as a backup in case the procedure goes badly, and then we can use this to test against the other ones to see if he snuck any of himself into into the files. We may not be able to stop it at, the, at here, at, uh, uh, aboard our ship, um, but I'm confident that with enough time, we can likely find a workaround to solve it at the delivery site. So whenever the brain template is uploaded, uh, these files are removed. Now, this will lead to some gaps uh, in the, the templates that are being shipped around, but uh, it's better than shipping some code off with them, no? Yes, yes, I agree. So how long do you believe this will take, deadline-wise? Uh as I understand it, uh, the, well, I was going to say he's a good doctor, but he's not particularly good. Uh, Kotov, is, uh, his machine is not ready. Uh, he, he still requires more technologies than what uh, the interrogator was able to uh, deliver onto him. So as soon as he is ready to go, we can probably uh, get this done for you. Excellent. It is less about adding new technology onto what he has and more about insisting he puts an extra step in that he will not like. 
Yes, yes, but that's always something we can do because the usage comes from getting what we want. Well, and uh, I imagine the colonel can be very convincing when he wants to be. Yes, yes, he would very much like to become involved in a way that, shall we say, is both holy and bloody at the same time. Um, and so uh, Vankoth nods and, uh, and kind of leaves you leaves you to your thoughts. Uh, is there anything, um, Ryan, going on internally for Valentine uh, that you want to share before we, we arrive at a thing? He is... I guess he wouldn't use the word troubled, but looking at it from the outside, I would use the word troubled mm-hmm. by the Korra situation. He doesn't like... Uh, the sociopath in him does not like wasting assets, and she could be a very useful asset. He's also... Has struggling with the philosophy that he has, which is ultimately the Inquisitor in him says, you eliminate the person, it's better for the future overall if that works out. He's also effectively changed the visions of the things in the future. So there is a chance that if he played it right, he could prevent her from becoming that thing. But that thought itself is hubris, and it requires on him relying on both charm, uh, his faith, and his ability to win someone over in a way that can like give them hope. Mm. And he knows that the Corey lied about this. He hasn't told her about her siblings. And if he does, that could very well send her off on a charge to go find fucking the mechanicus guy who's like crashed with them or like what happened to them. So he doesn't know if he can do that either. So he settled for like, we have to let this float until he's got a sign one way or the other. Um, He probably had a conversation with Father Marcellus about it. And we can kind of skip that chat because I think I know where both of those characters would fall. And I think ultimately it's him asking Father Marcellus if you know that sacrificing somebody who is a loyal servant of the Emperor could make the Emperor more safe, is that the thing to do? And undoubtedly the priest answers like, that's what they do, so yes. And it's just like, not a satisfactory answer for him. <laughs> so, that is a, a little bit fucking him up uh, and a little bit distracting um, in a way that he's just, I think, very unfamiliar with. Mm. Valentine is a creature who's generally without doubt. Yeah, and I think just as like a weird flavor piece on Father Marcellus as well, uh, his hymns aren't upbeat, which just, it, it's a small thing, but it's just enough to make you question his advice because it doesn't quite jive with your worldview enough. Like it's 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 a little more traditional Warhammer doom and gloom. And like, that's not that's not the Emperor's will. Well, because that so, means he's, he's gently sinning at all times. That's it, which is yeah. annoying. Just undercuts it ever so slightly. So okay, so um, in in a state of uh, of questioning, yeah, he's troubled for five percent of his day. The other yeah. ninety five, he's good at what he's doing, but that's a lot of a percent for somebody like him. Totally fair. Um, so it's in that state uh, that the Marnie's song um, uh, sort of arrives at what should be the final waypoint, um, and you discover um, a, a, an asteroid field. Uh, so um, large chunks of, of debris and rock uh, just kind of, you know, swirling endlessly in space. Um, and uh, by all accounts, uh, Kanehurst's last resting place is deep within this, this field. And this field is on, on the edge of the star charts uh, for this area. It is the ass end of nowhere. Um, was a planet a long fucking time ago um for whatever reason like imperial record is actually pretty um vague on this it was like an uninhabited garbage planet it blew up for some reason 
you know, there's like some jotted margin note about it likely just being a geological, a massive geological event. Um, but there had been surveys done of the planet. There was nothing of interest. It was think like a, like a barren moon kind of situation. Um, once it blew up, there was an investigation to make sure that it wasn't like, <laughs> did Horace do it? Um, and yeah, just generally it's been written off as just space phenomenon. Um, so deep, you know, that deep within this, this asteroid field, uh, you'll find, uh, the, uh, the remains of, of Kane Hurst and his crew. Um, but on the edge of the asteroid field, um, there is a, uh, a slowly rotating ship, um, that is, uh, you know, you're getting no, no signature, like there's no pings coming off it. Um, uh, Grimly, uh, you know, kind of pulls pulls your ship to a safe distance and sort of fiddles with with some mechanisms, um, and uh, you start getting a uh, a transmission from it. Uh, it's a crackly, um, pained voice, um, just saying, "Please help." Um, but it skips on the the end of the the help, so it's clearly a short voice clip that's been set to repeat. Uh, and you can think of this thing, um, uh, a little bit like, uh, like it's not a, a big ship. Um, it's, uh, sort of like a larger version of like, if you think of the, the sort of, uh, Pelican drop ships from, uh, Halo. So just kind of a, a, you know, a smallish scavenger ship, um, but, but rusty and kind of badly built all sharp angles, um, floating dead, uh, sending an endless message of help me, um, into the void. And although your quest is leading you, uh, towards Kanehurst, um, you know, all aboard are fans of context, all aboard are fans of having the most possible information. So grimly, uh, at the helm, just kind of turns to you inquisitor and says, well, what do we do? This episode of the Valentine Heresy features Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra at El Hamstring on Twitter as Eli Sharp, Del Borovic at Del Tastic on Twitter as Morgan Rawls, and our game master Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merch dice available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, and death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Sammy Boy, Orion Birchfield, Scott Garland, 
Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Shulzari, Christian Mendez, Spot Allen, Flynn1138, Alorraine Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, Steve Weeze, D&D and Things, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. It's the last days of summer, 1920. Do you know where your children are? They should be playing outside. Come on, Chelsea. Mima says we're not allowed to go to this house. We're not even supposed to be on this side of town. Doing their chores. Why aren't these chicken coops clean? Please, Father. I'll be good. I'll be- ah! Oh, God! Obeying their parents. You look me right in the eyes and tell me you didn't steal this bike. Ma, no! I've been helping Mr. Diamond, all right? Lord, don't tell me my son is working at a speakeasy. Exploring their feelings. Let's go over to the apple tree. Gosh, (laughs) okay. But unfortunately for these young fools, the neighborhood bully has other plans. Tonight, you are going to meet me out in front of the old Barnaker house. Howling house? Why? (laughs) Now, a boy scout, a tag-along, a doormat, and a delinquent will dare to spend the night in the most haunted estate in Arkham. Will they survive to see the sunrise? Or will they succumb? To the hunger of Howling House. You're going to die tonight. What is that thing? Is this this the witch's library? I'm gonna kill you! Not tonight! Roger, make him stop! No! You watch! Run away, little ones. I'm so hungry. Listen to the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program's award-winning season, Night at Howling House. The complete story, available everywhere you listen to podcasts and at CthulhuMystery.com. All the, all the outs and free, all the outs and free. <laughs>